What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hey now, it's the Mike and JD Show, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by my unindicted co-conspirator, JD by God Oliva. How you doing, JD? You can't prove I did anything, because I <laughs> think that what I did was correct, so therefore, it's fine. Yeah, or, or lying is not against the law. <laughs> yeah, did you know that? If you lie, it's the Costanza rule. If you truly believe it, it's not a lie. <laughs> but that's not why we're here today, folks. We don't do politics on the show, but I've been, dude, ever since like I've been watching the news a lot and they keep saying co-conspirator number one, co-conspirator number two. And I'm like, man, how did Giuliani get like the top like billing? Like, did he have to win a tournament to get no, to he's, number one? He's Rudy. Like he's the biggest oh, name yeah. in there. And, like, and he's had the, <laughs> remember like 20 years ago, the man was America's mayor. So he's really I had the him. biggest fall. I didn't love Giuliani yeah. until you found out he was kind of running New York like a fascist state. And then, then you see what's happened since. <laughs> yeah. Remember, remember when he got all nervous at one time and the hair was like literally, he was sweating and the hair gel or Die. the hair dye, thank you, was literally dripping yeah. off of him. That yeah. was the best. What a character that guy is, you know, with all this stuff going down. And like, again, I'm not going to give an opinion one way or the other. I think you guys know where I stand on the stuff if you follow me on Twitter. Pretty, pretty um, obvious. I'm obvious. shocked that nobody ever booked a wrestling show or even a wrestling segment at totals or uh, the Four Seasons Total Landscaping, where they did that whole, where Rudy had that whole press conference after the election was over. What's disappointing is that has Joey Janela written all over it, and he never jumped on it. And I, for one, am disappointed. Yeah, Yeah, I'm a little bit ashamed of him. Um, Do better, Joey. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, hey, uh, guys, I want to get started um, at the very top of the show. I want to just do a little bit of announcement. As you guys know, if you've been following along on the free feed, uh, Garrett, our our boss, the captain of our ship here, Garrett Gonzalez, Gigi himself, the legend, um, he made a little bit of announcement earlier in the week that um, that the Fight Game Media free feed is going away, and um, so they're not going to be doing that anymore. Um, and so that's going to be a big announcement. So all the shows are getting pushed over to patreoncom Media. Um, tons of content is now getting pushed over to there. Um, so, you know, JD and I talked and Garrett and JD and I talked and we all decided to come up with some ideas. And then as of just a couple of hours ago, um, JD, Garrett and I, we decided just like, you know what? I think, I think the Mike and JD show, I think we're going to go and try to do something different. Uh, we're going to try to go our own separate ways. So, um, this will be our last show on the fight game media network. Um, I don't know when our podcast will pop back up. I can't tell you where it's going to be just yet because nothing's really set in stone. Um, but uh, to, needless to say, JD and I are very excited for new opportunities, um, new challenges, lots of stuff coming. You know, JD's got a lot of irons in the fire, and so do I. And we just like we're texting all day, and we just like firing off one idea after another about all the different possibilities of the things that we would like to do. And uh, we're, we're going to go ahead and try to tackle some of those things. Um, and so this will be our last episode on the Fight Game Media Network. This will not be our, the last episode of the, of the Mike and JD show. It will continue. Um, and what form and where that at, like I said, 
news news will come down the pike. Um, so um, what I'd like to do right now is uh, I'd like to thank Garrett Gonzalez from the bottom of my heart. He's been kind of a big brother to me. Um, he really took a chance on me a, a few years ago during the pandemic when I was writing my shitty little impact articles on the combat Republic. Um, and I was kind of bugging him and annoying him and John LaRocca to get some time onto their show because, you know, Garrett and I had done a couple of like UFC podcasts and stuff like that. And I wanted to talk about some impact. And, uh, one day he just, he finally relented and, uh, he brought me on as a writer and the articles were doing so good. Uh, next thing you know, Jeremy Feinstone, who I'm going to get to in a little bit, uh, put the JD and I together. Next thing you know, Brace for Impact, the podcast uh, was born. And uh, we hit the ground running. And uh, thank you, thank you so much to Garrett. He has been so awesome. Not only does he own the network and he runs the network, but he edits all of our audio and he uploads it and he makes sure that we sound great. Um, there are times when JD has to go take a shit and we have to, we can't pause. Like we, we, we can't, we can't pause Streamyard, what right? Fuck, so dude, sorry. Was I supposed to reveal that? My bad. So the, you know, there's time or like last, I think it was last week or the week before, um, there, there was just crazy noise going downstairs in my house and I had to run down to go check it out because there was an ambulance. My kid was crying. The dog was barking at the same time. Turns out everything was fine. So I had to run downstairs. So there was like a five minute gap, you know, and Garrett kind of makes us sound great. Makes us like appear to be professionals, which we are definitely not. So, um, I want to thank Garrett for his leadership, for his mentorship, um, you know, for all the things that he's done for us. And most of all, just for giving us a platform to, to be able to do this podcast and to, to introduce us to, to the audience. And so I want to thank him first. And I know JD's got some stuff he wants to say, so I'm gonna let him talk. Don't worry guys. Um, <clears throat> secondly, um, I want to thank Jeremy Feinstone, uh, not only for putting this whole thing together, the brace for impact show, which now turned into the Mike and JD show, um, but JD is the unsung hero of, or Jeremy, sorry, is the unsung hero of I get Fight plenty of, I get plenty of singing. Let's, let's let that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he is the unsung hero of this network. He is like the backbone of the network. He works so hard uploading everybody's videos to YouTube and editing them down and making sure we all look good and getting all of our intros and clips and kind of dealing with dealing with creative people can be really difficult and managing their personalities can be tough. And he handles everything with grace and he does it and he does it with professionalism. And I love and respect anybody that's always willing to match my effort. And I'm a driven guy and that can be tough for people. And he, and he is driven. He does it for the love of the game. He's a passionate guy. So Jeremy, host of speaking of strong style right here on the fight game media network right here on the, or on the fight game media network, YouTube. Um, thank you from the bottom of my heart for putting this all together. And lastly, I want to thank you, the audience you've been with us since day one. A lot of you folks just came in when we were just a Patreon show and, you know, you supported brace for impact, uh, the, the brace for impact chat, you know, Gerard, uh, God, Illa, Nonzo, Lucha Donchick, uh, my homie from uh, down in uh, Justin, my homie from uh, Arizona. He still lurks in the chat every once in a while. Of course, Salty Scott, BQ, the whole BFI nation. Thank you guys for everything that you've done for us. Sharing our shows everywhere on all these different Facebook groups, specifically Gerard has always had our back in that and promoting our show and really helping get the name out, get our names out there, and which really helped translate into our new success with the Mike and JD show. So I want to thank those guys specifically and everybody that's ever supported the show, downloaded the show, or if you ever spent a penny for Patreon um, to listen to Mike and JD, I hope 
You got your money's worth. I hope we entertained you. Um, it's going to continue in a different form, but I really want to thank you. Uh, and I hope that you guys will continue to support Fight Game Media. This is an awesome, awesome network that gives guys like JD and I a chance who didn't really, who were relatively unknown, who had people didn't know of and you know give us an opportunity to 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 be creative and to 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 build an audience and to build a brand um i hope you guys will continue to support them they got lots of awesome content on this network um i'm gonna be sad to go but i'm really excited for our future go ahead jd um how am i supposed to follow that up um sorry <laughs> I, <laughs> sorry. I want to thank justin nipper uh yes I'm not, yes i'm not here without justin justin um, Sam actually and myself wrote for uh, Fan Sighted. This is back four years ago, summer of 2019. And Andrea Hanks um, was trying to do something really cool with Fan Sighted. She put together a really awesome vertical that was going to be all about celebrating all of pro wrestling. And unfortunately, it got the legs cut out from underneath it before it really had a chance to get cool. And so I was like, you know, Sam, when, when Andrea said, I'm out, I said, okay, if you're out, I'm out. Because I really didn't care. Writing about pro wrestling was something I was like, eh, I'll give it a try. I never thought about doing that before. Right. I never had any intentions of doing this. And um, Justin and I became friends and he was sending me all kinds of um, all Japan stuff. So we would bond over Japanese pro wrestling. And when I left, he's like, hey, why don't you come to this Facebook group? There's a lot of really cool people here. And I had no idea what Viking was. I said, all right. And I didn't know who anybody was in the thread. So I know there's a lot of like observer people and stuff like that. I had no clue. This mm-hmm. is a totally totally new environment for me and i had been podcasting comic stuff for a few years before this and then when uh when garrett tried to launch or decided to launch the podcast network and decided to expand into different writers justin's like hey man why don't you come back why don't you start doing this again and it was during the pandemic and i said sure i got nothing else to do and we had a uh, high tension for a little bit and then uh, like you said jeremy put us together and it um it clicked right and i I can't thank Justin enough because like he's doing, he's now Noah's American liaison. Like he's Noah's American guy, which there's not, there's not an American that's better suited to do what Justin does. Absolutely. Yeah. Like Justin is doing great work with pro wrestling. Noah. Um, I'm super proud of him and I, I, I love the dude and I'm glad that he helped introduce me to a bunch of people that I consider really good friends. Uh, like you said, Garrett's been like a brother to us and we have definitely been his annoying little brothers <laughs> many, many times over yeah, the last two yes, years. Yes. We have, you know, there's been times he's like, Mike, JD, come on. Like there, there's been a couple and you know, deserve it every yeah, time. Ab- so absolutely. I, I can't thank him enough. Um, I, I was happy to like really push for Scott. Scott drives me absolutely crazy. He is like my little oh. brother, but I love yes. Salty Scott. He'll always be regular Scott to me so much. And I'm glad he's found his own niche in this network. And I'm so proud of him. And I'm, I was happy to advocate for Sam when Garrett's like, what do you know about her? And I'm like, oh, she's great. Daughter. You know, we worked together for a while. And, you know, her and Mel are doing their thing now with Power Bombshells. Like, it's just been it's been awesome to kind of see people that that I've known for a long time you know, really kind of carve out their own little niches in this, in this space. And that's, uh, that's something that makes me proud. And, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of the work that we did over the last couple of years. And, um, you know, it sucks. Cause I just, just last week lost one of my wrestlers who will not be going to my school next year. Be, you know, and it's been a lot. Of, so I get this. I was on the other side of this 
recently. So it's like, wow, I hear the shoe was on the other foot. So I, I understand all aspects of this. And uh, I'm going to miss being part of Fight Game because I really love everyone here. Even Paul. I even love Paul. Paul drives me oh, crazy too. Yeah. But I love Paul. <laughs> Paul's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Paul. Paul's great. You know what? I want to give a shout out to the the fight, the old fight game media Facebook group. Somehow, like Garrett got banned from Facebook. Somehow, like the How most that non-controversial happen? guy, right? <laughs> like he doesn't disrespect anybody. Somehow got banned from Facebook. So that Facebook group kind of went away, and we moved over to Discord. And a, a lot, well, a lot of folks moved over to Discord. So I want to give a shout out to a lot of those folks and guys. I'm not going anywhere. I'm still part of the family over there. So. So uh, Dr. Preet, who is uh, who's actually a medical doctor and I think a love doctor. I'm not really sure. He is a I might doctor just be, of love. Certified. I might just be starting some rumors there. But uh, um, And uh, uh, AEW super hardcore fan, Larry. Larry. Um, who's also a big movie fan. So uh, Larry, I'm not going anywhere. So you'll still be able to get on my nerves in Discord. I love you, buddy. Um, uh, you know, Brady Childs, uh, kind of like you, uh, but Paul Fontaine, um, <laughs> Paul Fontaine, Ryan Frederick, uh, 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 Parker, like, you know, Parker. Parker's great. You know what I mean? E- every, just everybody, Darren Wadsworth, yeah. Daza, Daza. Uh, he's been a big supporter of ours. Thank you for everything, Daza. I'm not going away. I'm still going to be a part of Conspiracy Corner in the Fight Game Media Discord group, uh, talking aliens with you guys and, and dishing out some uh, some knowledge on some uh, some pro wrestling. So none of that's going away. And like, and nobody better think that there's any type of heat on either side here. This no. is a completely amicable situation. Um, I I it honestly like it breaks my heart to leave fight game, um, and it has nothing to do with any like decision. Not nothing oh. like that. I think JD and I are just looking to branch out on our own and do something. Right. And that was a discussion that, that we've had since day one and uh, our numbers are pretty good. And I feel like we really got something with the show and we're going to take a chance on ourselves. And, uh, and you know what, we might shit the bed, (laughs) which, which could happen, but I'm, I'm willing to take that risk. Um, But I, again, I'm just so thankful for everything that this network has done for us, really put us on the map we made friends that we otherwise would not have ever had. Like I'm friends with fucking John Muse now. I know like, like good I, friends. I, I never talked to him like, every like, day. Yeah. Like, like good friends, right? Like I I've met like some friends that are like legitimate media, like BJ Bethel is like a legitimate journalist, right? Yeah. From SC scoops. Like he's become a friend of ours. Right. So, and that's all thanks to, you know, the relationships we have at fight game media. Paul and Ryan, who host in the clinch right here on this network, that show's not going away, by the way. It's going to be right here, patreon.com slash fight game media. Um, as far as I'm concerned, it's the best MMA podcast around. Like, th- like their tweets are on every UFC pay-per-view that I watch, right? And they have become like legitimate friends of mine. Mm-hmm. Like I've actually, like Paul and I have ca- talked on the phone, like outside, not even talking about wrestling stuff, right? And I've done his podcast. He's done ours. Like, you know, like these are friends that are uh, I'm always going to have. I'm just super thankful for all the people that have been introduced to me in my life during the pandemic when a lot of us really couldn't get out and connect with other people. I created a whole new family, right, with the Fight Game Media. So I'm just super thankful and super proud of everything we were able to do here in the last two and a half years. Dude, I had I watched pro wrestling in Dave Meltzer's hotel room. He has no idea who I am, but I did it twice <laughs> with him because I'm friends with Garrett. Like, and and wait, did Dave? 
Does Dave know that you were there? Like, were you hiding under he, the bed? Or no, he saw me. I don't think he had any idea who I was. Like, I know oh, okay. this is my friend GD, and he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Which is, I was like, hi. So that was about the extent of that. <laughs> um, and like, that's the thing, though, is like, and that's to speak to Garrett's character, is like, what matters to him more than anything is community and this sense of yeah. people belonging and being together, which is the exact opposite of how I normally am. Like I'm <laughs> yeah. very happy to be shut off by myself. And he's, he is the total opposite. Like he's always super concerned about how he can just build communities and networks and, and just connect people. Right. I just, yeah. it's one, it's, it's a super admirable trait and something that I really, really admire about Garrett. And it's, uh, so I'll always be proud of this network and the stuff we did here. Yeah. Yeah. Same here, man. And, um, you know, I told Garrett we were going to uh, do a quick apology. That was over 15 minutes. It's, I'm not quick. Just, we're not, not, we're not, not, not apology, not, not an apology, but a quick goodbye. But, uh, I just had, I was just so thankful for everything. Um, but you know what, JD, I think we owe it to the audience. We owe it to Garrett. We owe it to Jeremy to knock out one more badass show for the network before we ride off into the sunset. I'm okay with that. And Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon got raided by the feds this week. Like, like I couldn't have asked for a better story to go out on than Vince McMahon getting raided by the federal government. He is the gift that keeps on giving in this <laughs> space. You wait five months for Vince McMahon, and he will do something that makes you just go, really? Really? <laughs> it turns out this is all related to, you know, uh, paying off people that you've raped. But, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think, like, the, the financial disclosures for all that stuff and whether or not the SEC – like, I, no, I don't think anybody really has all the details. There was a rumor going around that he was, like, co-conspirator number six. I, which think, you start, made, I think you started that rumor. <laughs> I, my, that might have been me. <laughs> Maybe I was just trying to, like, wish that into existence. Like, God, that would have been the best. Yeah, yeah, because it would be kind of funny for you know those two clowns to kind of take each other down at the same time. But uh, no, he was not co-conspirator number six in the in the the Trump case. But um, yeah, you know it's it's crazy. And then at the same time, I don't know if this is just a coincidence, but he's probably going to go on trial. I don't know the details of it. I'm just you know spitballing here. And he just had spine surgery. What are the odds if he goes on trial in the federal government that he has a neck brace on again? Well, Mike, what are the real odds that this would have happened twice where Vince McMahon would have shown up with a neck brace? I mean, like, those are like astronomical odds, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, he hasn't been indicted yet. He's being investigated. So, like, they're just went to go collect the evidence from from wherever they and whatever they raid. I think they raided his offices or whatever. Um, and after that, they typically don't raid you unless they got something on you. Right. And once they raise you, then they realize that that then they collect the evidence. And then hopefully for the prosecutor, it's enough for an indictment as we're all kind of learning. That's how this process works. And then once the indictment happens, then they then they go to a, a grand jury uh, trial. So like the subpoena was approved by a grand jury, by the way. So they had to like get a lot of buy off on this deal. So they must have had a ton of evidence that they were going to find something there to be able to find him guilty of something. I'm sure that one Paul Levesque is going to be super disappointed that his meddling father-in-law <laughs> will not be issuing him notes every time he wants to do something with LA Knight or something like that. Like I'm sure, I'm sure Paul is very, very disappointed right now. 
Yeah. Do you think Eric Young goes back if, uh, if McMahon goes to prison? Does he try a third run in the WWE? No, I'm pretty sure that uh, <laughs> much like much like Rome after Hannibal died, I'm sure they've. I'm sure Eric Young salted the earth so nothing will ever grow again, as far as that goes. <laughs> and that's yeah, what you get in the Mike and JD show. You get classic antiquity stories like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, dude. I so when when I think it was. Wednesday morning or Tuesday morning? I can't remember which day it was. Um, Today's Thursday, right? (laughs) Yeah, so I think, yeah, you know, it was yesterday morning. I woke up. So I'm like, I'm six hours behind, I'm five hours behind JD. So, and then I get a text at three in the morning from a buddy of mine from California. So it's like six something in the morning. And I look at my phone. I wake, it wakes me up because my phone is on the nightstand close to the bed. Wakes me up and the text says, Vince or uh, the elite resign with AEW. And I'm like, Oh fuck God, put my phone back away. I was like, okay, I thought it was an emergency. No big deal. I roll back over. And then two hours later at 5. AM, I wake up. Uh, my alarm gets me up cause I'm a 5. AM. I'm an early riser guy. And then I look at my phone, same guy, my buddy, Matt texted me, Vince McMahon raided by the federal government. And I'm just like, why do I have to wait till Thursday to record? I think we should be recording today because this is exactly right up our alley. These two stories. Yeah, I mean, this is <clears throat> this is perfect. Like my first thought was, oh, the Observer is going to be really good this week. Like when yeah. these things happen, <laughs> like when these massive stories, I'm like, ooh, Dave's got stuff to write about. This should be fun. Um, yeah. yeah. I'd like to say that Vince is going to go away, but let's be honest, that never happens. This man. Is the is like an eel. He just slithers through everything. Like he's not. He, they're not going to put him in jail. He could actually like. He actually covered up a murder once. Like he could actually yeah. walk up and shoot somebody, and they'd be like, "It's wrestling. Who cares?" Mm-hmm. Right? Like it's just it's it's astounding to me. Yeah, you know, it's like he just happens to be one of those guys that he's got fuck you money. He does that fuck you for money. what for whatever reason, he, he very much reminds me of the former president of the United States where it just seems like, you know, they call him Teflon Don. I, Vince has this something about him to where everything just kind of rolls off. He's able to buy people off or he's got the best lawyers that are able to just figure out a way to get him out of trouble. Despite the fact that he's clearly guilty a lot of times, Mm-hmm. He just doesn't really seem to ever face any kind of consequences, and that obviously can be frustrating for people. Yeah, I want to. I'm going to revisit. There's a subject we have later. We're going to talk about another person later. And I want to revisit Vince. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, all I can think to myself is, you know, a normal human being would have ta- been taken down 30 years ago. Like if you go back, there's a lot of podcasts and, and articles around that are revisiting. The early 90s. I think it's probably because the 30 year anniversaries, a lot of things come up. Yeah. And like people are looking back at just just how messed up the WWF was in the early 90s. Right. And there's like five or six scandals that you're like, oh my God, this guy's going away. And like nothing changed. Like five years after these things all happened, he was making more money than ever. And now he's even making more money than that. And like a year ago, a year ago, he was forced out. That lasted like what, a weekend? Right. Yeah. Like there's just there's just something about this person that I'm jokingly say this, but I'm like, I think maybe he sold his soul to Satan. Right. Like, I don't know how else to explain. I don't know how else to explain how he has been man, how he manages to do the things that he's done and stay successful consistently for 40 years, for 40 years. 
Yeah, you know, because, I mean, if it's been four years because the Snooker thing was, what, 82? 83? 82, I want to say 82, 83. 82, like yeah. He, um, Snooka was arrested, right, for murdering his girlfriend. Yeah. And Vince shows up with a briefcase, and magically all the charges are dropped. Yeah. Weird, right? Yeah. And then, and then Snooka has to go to trial 35 years later. Um, and is convicted. And is convicted. And, but he has, you know, um, also, was it Alzheimer's that he had, or was it Parkinson's? I believe it was Alzheimer's. He had like a fatal disease, so he never really got any jail time for that, like not what he would deserve, and ended up dying before he really suffered the consequences. So, you know, so you look you look back at that to the Ring Boy scandal, to the steroid okay, steroid stuff. I don't think the government ever had a case on that. It turns just, out no. Just, everybody just, thought everybody yeah. thought he was gonna go away, and it turns out the government was just the problem is, is they tried to like make him the ring, they tried to like force him into being the distributor. Like that was what they yeah. tried to like pen him as. Like they did a they did a really piss poor job fashioning their case, right? And the yeah. fact that Hogan well, flipped didn't help. Yeah, well, and so you know, doc. So if you guys don't know what we're talking about, Doctor George Sahorian was on the Phil- the the uh, Pennsylvania Athletic Commission, and was a was a ringside physician, and he would go to all the wrestling shows and WWF for a long time did their tapings in Allentown, Pennsylvania, where it was kind of a stronghold, which is where the Snooka incident happened, by the way. Um, and so he was distributing steroids to a lot of the wrestlers, but he was also distributing steroids to Vince McMahon and the federal government tried to get McMahon as the distributor when really it was Zahori and McMahon was just a buyer of the product. Like he was like, he might've shared his stash and his supply with, with Hulk Hogan and vice versa, but well, it, they, they never really had anything that stated that he was the supplier. And he was strongly encouraging his talent to do it, right? Yeah, yeah. And like that in itself should have got him put away, but they didn't quite force it. And like the crazy thing was they could have gotten him on, you know, the child, right? Right? Yeah. For like the, aiding the and abetting scandal. Mel Phillip, the ring boy scandal. Like they could have gotten yeah. him on stuff like that. But they chose to or, or like, you know, the actual rape in his own case, but they chose to like make him this drug kingpin, which didn't work. And like when you go back and you look at like Lisa Benetti and all these like the people that were running the case for the government, you're like, oh, my God. And like one of the government's lawyers was actually hooking up with one of Vince's. I mean, like it's a it's an unbelievable story if you ever mm-hmm. really dug into it. it. And you're just like, oh, my God. But they thought he was going away. They hired don't listen to Bruce Pritchard. He's a liar. They hired Jerry Jarrett to book the promotion while he was in jail. Mm hmm. Right. And be like, oh, that's not true. Bruce said that's not true. Go back and watch 1993 WWE and tell me they you ain't watching Memphis. Yeah. With Jerry Lawler as one of the top heels and Jeff Jarrett getting a push. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you were definitely and the Rock and Roll Express all of a sudden show up. And, you know, they're on and the Rock and Roll Express versus the Heavenly Bodies. <laughs> just Yeah. And just the type of <laughs> just the type of shows and raw Raw, if you watch Raw from that era, Raw from 1993 is not Raw from 2023. Like, Raw from 1993 very much is, feels like the Memphis show in a lot of cases. Yeah. Like, it's very, yeah, but yeah, that guy's full of crap. But I, the fact that we stand here with Vince McMahon with another federal charge on him, and I hate to be like this guy, but he's going to get away with it. He always yeah. does. Yep. 
Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I just don't, I just don't see a future where Vince McMahon spends a day in prison. I just don't. It's because I just, I, I have history on my side with this. I hope that he pays the consequences for all of his uh, crimes and sins. I think even a lot of WWE fans would would agree to that. Um, the reasonable ones. There are other folks that are just blinded by love for him, but the, there are a lot of reasonable people that that are like, yeah, we'd much rather he just be in jail, you know. But is what it is. He's probably never going to spend a day in prison. Um, so we had we had that going on, and at and concurrently, sorry, Snuka, by the way, died from stomach cancer, CTE, and dementia. Dementia. I knew he had dementia. I thought it was Alzheimer's dementia. Yeah. Um, so at the same time, concurrently, the news drops. That the elite, meaning Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and Hangman Adam Page, have all re-signed uh, with AEW. And I got to be honest, I knew this was coming. I never doubted it for a second. Uh, mm-hmm. Just uh, forgive that whole video that I posted on YouTube where I doubted it for a second. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm always a negative Nancy here, but uh, the elite have re-signed. They're staying home with AEW. My favorite Mike Gilbert trope was whenever somebody's contract comes due, <laughs> Mike will say, oh, they're going to WWE, no matter yeah. who it is. Oh, yeah, they're definitely – they're federation oh, oh. bound for sure. Oh, hold on. Let's, Just... let's, go, let's go through the list. Let's go through the list. <laughs> okay, okay. 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 Who have we – FTR. Who have we okay. FTR. Was, okay. Uh-huh. FTR. Um, Matt Cardona was impact. Matt Cardona? I, I thought he was going. And, and we times. had people – insiders told us that he was going. He never went. That's true. Um, I think I think Nick Aldis. I was like, yeah, no, he's definitely going. And then he uh-huh. showed up at Impact. Rumor he might show up there now, but he's you know he's a free agent at this point. Uh, I'm trying to think of other AEW free agents that um, that I was talking uh, about. Um, I believe I think we I think we had Hook going there at some point. That could still happen. Well, well he's not a free agent yet, yes. but his contract was due like later this year. But that was just the story that somebody posted that we commented on. Yeah, yeah. He might he might be interested in going there. Just today in the BFI chat, Mike has Jordan Grace going to NXT. Like, it just yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it always seems. Well, to she's uh, she's definitely an, an Jay White. Enhanced. We had we had Jay, Jay White. Jay White. But you know what? We we, we had an young, insider we on that deal. Yeah. We did. We, Our, uh, we had an insider of, on that deal. Moment of silence for the black mask who no longer is on Twitter. I hope uh, hope everything's <laughs> yeah. okay with our former yeah. our former source. You know, yeah. I hope he, hope he didn't get got. Yeah, I think he might have got God. I'm not 100 percent sure. <laughs> hey, hey, mask, if you're listening, blink. Tw- send me an email. Blink twice if you're okay. Um, yeah, and we yeah, can confirm that he definitely is a, is is an employee. We we uh, we did some investigative journalism, and uh, he is absolutely a, an employee of the WWE. So yeah, hopefully he J- didn't get got. Oh, JD knows his way around the internet. Um, hopefully he <laughs> not get got. Yeah, like so the fact that we one more time were like, and we were the only ones. There's people that were convinced they were going to follow Kenny Omega, or excuse me, follow Cody Rhodes to WWE. Um, yeah, I, I mean, why wouldn't you even think about it, right? I get it. I get it. Yeah. There's so much money over there. And they treated Cody like a prince since coming mm-hmm. back. And I don't I'm personally of the mind that I don't think anyone outside of Omega would get that same treatment if they came to WWE, mainly because Cody Rhodes is a Vin, in Vince's mind, Vince Cody Rhodes is a Vince McMahon creation. Yeah. Yeah. No, and plus, you know, he's got the legacy of his dad. Rhodes. And I think, right. you know what I mean? And I think that's important to them. It's important to give Triple Co- H, right? Give Cody Rhodes five minutes, he'll talk about his dad at some point. 
That's just yeah. that's the number one. And I get it. Most that's not an insult, life. by the that's way. Not, no, not an insult. But I mean, like, yeah. it always steers the conversation about Cody. That's funny. Someone, um, I forget who it was. Someone, I think it was Scott in our chat post somewhere. Yeah. Like, what would happen if if Omega showed up on Raw? And someone's like, oh, nobody would know who he is. I'm like, that's bullshit. Because when bullshit, Cody Rhodes yeah. when Cody Rhodes showed up in WrestleMania a year and a half ago, uh, people went crazy when he came out to Kingdom and he had the over they, the um. The what do you call it? The guy from the boys look. And I'm like thinking yeah. to myself, like, people aren't cheering because they have fond memories of Stardust. No. And they and they if they didn't know that Cody had ever left, they wouldn't be singing the song Correct. Um, as loudly at the top of their lungs as they did whenever he came out. They treated him like a like a superstar. Prodigal son, if you will. Yes. Yeah. Like, so if Kenny Omega were to remember AJ Styles in 2016? Yeah. Yep. People were pretty happy. They're, the crowd, they were like, oh, hey, this is AJ Styles, former Impact World Champion, former IWGP Champion. All yeah, they, People didn't struggle with that one. So I have a hard time believing that people be like, who is this Kenny Omega guy if he shows up, right? Come on. Yeah, no, I don't think anybody worthy of like having a great opinion would no. think that, you know, no. you know, there might be a couple of people that are, that are like that, you know, that only watch WWE, but I would say a good 80% of the audience is aware of other stuff going on. Um, and yeah. AEW is big enough at this point to where they would be aware of him. Yeah. I mean, the Cody thing proves it, right? And he's, cause he jumped from, he, Cody jumped from AEW into the main event picture in WWE with the gimmick of I used to wrestle in AEW. Like that's, yeah. that was when Cody first came back, that was him. It was the same exact dude. It's like, and we haven't seen that. The last time I can remember somebody coming over with essentially the exact same gimmick and personality was, was Bret Hart, right? When he jumped from yeah. WWF to WCW in the nineties, like I can't like that on that level. Cause I don't think Jeff Jarrett was on that level or anything like that. No. Like it's, like that's it. Like everybody else got tinkered with, and they didn't tinker at all with Cody, which is the most impressive thing of all. Is Cody's been Cody's been the same dude. His stuff just works better with this audience. Yeah, you know he when he was in AEW, he was like he was like, oh, that's the WWE guy, right? He did mm-hmm. everything WWE style. He incorporated a little bit of the indie style and stuff like that, but for the most part, he was just like, you know, he was like a disciple of Randy Orton, but on AEW television. That's pretty much what, which is, I think, part of the problem, which is why it was time for him to go when it happened, right? Because the crowd, the AEW crowd had largely gotten over Cody. They wanted to boo him. Yeah. They wanted him to be something that he wasn't ready to be. And like Cody's like, oh, there's a personal thing with me and Tony. I have a hunch. No one knows for sure. I think like speculation is probably something to do with Brandy. Because yeah. I was there for Brandy's last appearance in the company. <laughs> not well liked. She yeah. Heard and I'm, I'm honestly, I'm honestly glad that was her last appearance because uh, not very good on television. I I never was a fan of hers, so um, she's not a good television yeah. character. Notice WWE didn't want to bring Brandy in or back. Yeah. I should say she used to work there. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, when I mean, she was there before, I think she was a ring announcer, right? She was a ring announcer. Yeah, she's yeah. not a very good ring announcer, as I recall. I don't think she's a bad ring announcer, but I don't think she was like she stood out or anything like that. Um. I mean, it's worked. Cody, I mean, honestly, I think Cody is better without her because I mean, I'm not sure why, but there's just something about Brandy that just got people to dislike her and not the good dislike, right? It was change the channel type of yeah. dislike, you know? Now, focusing this back on the elite, this had, it had to get this done, right? Yeah. It had to happen. You couldn't lose the elite guys. 
No, no. And I, you know, I was never an advocate that they should leave. I was an advocate that they should, they should wrestle out their contract to maximize their value and pit the two billionaires against each other. That's, I mean, but that's just me with sports brain. I don't think they really wanted to go to WWE. And I think that Tony Khan didn't really want to lose them. And so he said, instead of getting into a bidding war, let me just fucking pay these guys what they think they're worth and keep them around and give them the schedule that they're wanting. So that way we don't even have to get to that point. And plus, you know, he's probably got a TV deal on the horizon and he didn't want to lose, you know, four of his, you know, homegrown top stars. A billion dollar TV deal. I've heard this somewhere before. Yeah, you know we, you know, you want to go ahead and get into that. Let's do that. Yeah, we segwayed yeah, it. Yeah. Might as well, might as well step yeah. in the segue. So, um, Sportico, I believe, uh, was it Sportico? This, I believe yeah, it was Sportico. Sportico stated that, um, you know, that it looks like AEW has a one billion dollar TV deal um, on the horizon. We don't know when. We don't know where. We don't know anything. So we've been speculating about this for months, and that one billion dollar figure just keeps popping up right so um you know we had to eat shit on it because it didn't happen when we thought it was going to happen but um it's popped back up and there's also articles out there stating that uh, hbo max is looking at getting into live streaming sports um and it looks like the aew would be figured into that and so kind of all the speculation that we've been talking about for months and we're getting closer and closer of, of this coming to fruition Octagon released a thing today. The they put a media, I mean, Octagon, not not the not the Luchador, not Octagon. Not, but I mean, yeah, Octagon Sports yeah. put out a thing saying okay. that they expect AEW to be. And I'm reading uh, this is Daniel Cohen's Twitter. Uh, per Octagon Media Rights analysis, AEW is in line for a big step up in, in rights fees with headwinds facing WBD. Streaming rights to stream on Max will play a big role. Thanks for sharing thoughts at Howie Long Short. You know, so uh, these are like these are major players in the in yeah. this industry. We're not talking about like wrestling people. So the yeah. stuff that we've been speculating for months, it seems like there is finally some smoke to that fire. Um, I, as I'm prone to do, had a little bit of a hissy fit about having to pay for all in. Um, <laughs> it seems yeah, two pay per views, two consecutive weeks is bullshit. Different it, it is different conversation. Yeah. Um, it seems like Next wants to do this, but they're still not quite ready, right? I know they're doing stuff in other markets, right? But I think maybe they're testing in like Mexico and places like that, you know, as opposed yeah. to rolling something out in America. So it does seem like this will happen relatively soon, right? Yeah, I hope so. I'm a I'm a Max subscriber. And it would be a lot easier for me to get uh, AEW Dynamite on Max every Wednesday night after it airs, commercial free, for me to be able to enjoy it. So that would be that would be easy for me. I'm just hoping that they have the pay per views. That's what I, that's all I want. Yeah. Because um, I just have a hard. I'm just having. I'm I'm enjoying in, envisioning in my head Octagon, the famous luchador, writing this report. <laughs> Yeah, well, when you said Octagon, my first thought was UFC. It's like, is this like an MMA reporter or something like that? No, I just looked I, it up. I mean, it's like I, I, I've never heard of Octagon before. Perhaps I need yeah, to follow no. these people. It says, with the global leaders in sports, entertainment, management, and marketing, a group of creative thinkers and inspiring and helping clients step out. So it's like apparently these are like shakers in the business, people that make deals and stuff okay. like that. So I don't, I don't know okay. enough about it. But looking at their Twitter, <clears throat> they're majorly involved in sports. 
Well, so. and I did, I did, uh, I did read something on the Sportico Twitter. They had brought it up, and uh, I believe John Orand from uh, Sports Business Journal also talked about uh, some. Uh, you know what? His, his he had he had he had something pretty similar. So, um, yeah, there's lots of there's lots of talk of, yeah. among you know sports business people that something's coming down the pike for AEW and for Warner Brothers Discovery. I mean, like, it makes sense, too, because, I mean, they, the whole thing was, why would you announce this big deal before Collision premieres? And Collision, this week, did a, a pretty dang good rating for Saturday nights. So, like, people are going to be like, well, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. but, I mean, like, realistically. Well, SmackDown did $2 million, so they can't be good. Fuck you. Again, we said before on this show, ratings are dumb. Like, we shouldn't, especially, yeah. ratings are especially dumb on Saturday nights. Right? Did you Did you watch AEW on Saturday evening? I watched it Sunday morning. I watched it. I watched the replay because I was home. But yeah, excuse me. Um, I I think that <clears throat> to expect these numbers to be anything close is to what normal wrestling gets is ridiculous because people are gonna. This is gonna be the the plus three plus seven DVR show, right? And it yeah. did really good because they built to a match, right? My favorite new people are these meme guys who who. Um, refer to dynamite as the good guy show and collision as the bad guy show these we've, we've reached a new level of tribalism where these yeah. weebs are are pitting like now we're now it's like lord of the flies right now the the nerds are are coming against each other and they're cannibalizing one another right someone's talking to a giant hit head a pig head on a spike right now so this is this is where we are on twitter with these idiots Bro, there's idiots on Twitter that are fans of Collision calling themselves Colliders. Well, to be fair, that's from CM Punk. He's trying to make that a thing. Oh, I, you know what? I forgot that he said that. But now people yeah, are like buying into it. Like, like, oh, this is the A show, Colliders. Because they're fucking dorks. That being <laughs> said, I do think Collision is the better show traditionally. However, Dynamite was pretty good this week. I I thought I thought last week's Dynamite was not very good. I'll be honest, I didn't even finish I didn't it. Care I, was for just, it. I was kind of bored in tears. Um, and then I watched Impact the 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 next night, and I thought that was a really good show. And we'll talk about Impact later. I got some Impact notes. And then I thought, and then I watched Collision on Sunday morning, and I thought Collision blew all three out of the water. I thought it was tr- a tremendous, one of the best shows. That uh, the I think it's the best episode of Collision. Now I know yeah. we had the best two out of three falls match before. Um, but that was really built off of just one match. I thought overall episode top of to bottom was, story. Uh, I agree yeah. 100%. I agree 100%. Yeah. I really like Dynamite this week, though. Uh, my well, favorite I mean, part of they had to I, come out the gates with the t- two other episode. They did. You're right. They yeah. did. But I think I really enjoyed it because, you know, Swerve Strickland is now a horror movie character. And <laughs> Dude, I'm he's great. A, he's phenomenal. I was a big fan. Yeah. That literally might be my favorite thing I've ever seen in AEW television. Like I, awesome. I, I, I loved it. It was so like, it reminded me of like those old Crockett things where the horsemen would beat the shit out of Dusty outside of the building. Like they would have a can, like they would kidnap the cameraman and make them film them beating the hell out of Dusty. Or like when the Dangerous Alliance broke Dustin Rhodes' hand in the car door. Like sounding old. Like that was just old school heat angles. And now it's easy to justify that because we all walk around with cameras in our pockets. Yeah. Right. So having Prince Nana film swerve and ar fox murdering nick wayne and leaving him in a bloody mess nick wayne's got to become a better actor but he's 18 man like yeah he's he's literally new at this as far as tv goes the whole segment to me was just like it's one of my favorite things i've seen on that show probably ever i i loved it so old brace brace for impact fans will like this reference 
because this is kind of a deep cut. Deep cut. In, 29, in 2019, Moose and Ken Shamrock were feuding. They were building to a match at Bound for Glory. And in the buildup of the match, Moose had one of his people film Moose going into Ken Shamrock's gym um, where he trains the Lions Den gym Lions or whatever Den, gym. Yeah. yeah. And so he goes and then beats up two of his MMA students in the octagon. They're oh. in the gym and beats the shit out of him. It cuts this tremendous promo and Shamrock has to just watch it from the ring. He's like in the ring watching the whole thing. And they built that to this, to this few news, Ken Shamrock's big return to pro wrestling. He hadn't wrestled in years at this point. And it was just tremendous, tremendous television. The best thing probably, well, you know, Moose did some good stuff with Josh Alexander, but as far as like that vignette, it reminded me a lot of that swerve vignette. And I wonder if there was a little bit of influence there. Well, uh, Jimmy, we we get we give Jimmy Jacobs a lot of shit. There are no two yeah. podcasters in America that like to pick on Jimmy Jacobs more than you and I. I'm very proud of that. Um, yeah. However, there are some parallels, <laughs> right? Yes. So, whoever if that was Mr. Jacobs, if there was anybody on the AEW creative team who was swerve on his own, I don't care. It was really good TV. It was yeah, really well yeah. done. And we need more of that, quite frankly. Like, sure, dance-offs can be fun, I guess, whatever. But <laughs> a good old murder segment. Not yeah. like actual murders we can talk about later tonight. Josiah. <laughs> we had Josiah, our good buddy Josiah McDonald, in our uh, in our direct message three feed actually had to break down the end of Impact tonight. You know, speaking of murders. Uh, you right, know what? I, yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but I really want to watch it. They they kind of explain what happened between Diener yeah. and Eric Young and the prison scene. Mike, and, I can't uh, wait. I can't. I can't it, wait. I, we got, I got. I got to watch it. I'm gonna like. It's on Twitter. Eric Young retweeted it. Said it's the best thing he's ever done. Um, and uh, it, I, <laughs> I get the feeling that's not the case. <laughs> Eric, <laughs> but I really well, want funny. to see it. In our brace for impact chat, so one of the guys is like, "This is amazing," and then Josiah messaged me seconds later, like, "This is awful," because Josiah won't swear. But he's like, "This <laughs> yeah. is just awful," and he told me, yeah. "I'm like, oh, Eric Young is Batman." I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Eric okay. Young thinks okay. he's Batman. Yeah. So, uh, please, I- I'm excited please, for that. Please check it's, that out, Mike. One thing I want to bring up is last week, I poo-pooed the idea of this whole Jack Perry digging up ECW guys. And getting heel heat by mentioning ECW, I shit on it like with venom. And I still don't like the ECW feud. However, I didn't like it all the way up until I heard the notes of Walk by Pantera. Uh, And then they turned me around. Like, yeah. okay, goddamn you, Tony Khan. You had to go and just pay for Pantera. Honestly, like, at, like if they didn't use Walk by Pantera, if they used just, like, some generic version, or if they got the... The Kilgore version the, from ECW. The, if, I, you know, Kilgore would have been okay, but if they would have just used the TNA music that he had, which they have access to, I think, I think Impact would have just given them the music to use. If that, I'd have been pissed, right? I it, But they used Pantera, and I was like, damn it, they got me. I was so mad last week. And I still don't think it's a good idea for Rob Van Dam to wrestle, but I get to hear him come out to walk by Pantera. It brought back memories of my childhood. And then I was like, okay, fuck it. I'm in. Let's do it. If you're a a middle-class white male of a certain age, Pantera holds a special place in your heart, right? Cowboys from hell, baby. Cowboys from hell. 
uh, Far Beyond Driven, Vulgar Display Cemetery of Power. Gates. Oh yeah. my God, those first three albums from that band, <laughs> just phenomenal. Like great early yeah. '90s thrash metal, and like Rob Van Dam coming down. It was man, if you ever saw a Rob Van Dam ECW entrance, where it would take it was like the Undertaker, so it would take him like 30 minutes to get to the ring because he'd be mm-hmm. dapping everybody and Rob Van Damming. It took him forever to get a match started because he was mm-hmm. so fucking over in ECW. So, can you believe they never made him the champion? Well, you know, I think they were going to. I know, they never got, got around to it. They never got around. Yeah, like he hurt his knee while he was a TV champion, mm-hmm. right? And then he came back, and he was the most over guy, but I don't think they could get him nailed down um, because they were just short on payments. The company was going out of business, and the last two years of ECW was brutal, man. Well, he was there till the end. He, he, he was. Left. He would he have. Now, now, we've mentioned our good friend John Muse. Had Eric Bischoff's fantasy of bringing WCW back happened, Rob Van Dam would have been a top player in that company, along with Don Callis and Joey Styles on commentary. So we would have had a very yeah. interesting WCW in, rebirth. Right. In the new WCW had Fusion Media been able to buy it. And if you want to learn more about the uh the sale of WCW to the WWF and the WCW evasion, head over to patreon.com slash fake media. Our archives are still there and uh, our part one is up there now. So go ahead and check it out. Never not sure when we're gonna get around to part two, but um <laughs> we'll figure it we'll, out. <laughs> we'll figure that out at some point. I just thought of yeah. that right now. Um yeah. yeah, I was happy to see Rob. I mean, like I don't know, man. He's a little chubby now. He's old. But the presence of Rob Van Dam is just – he just still has it, man. He like, does. He got – the then, impact – well, the impact Rob Van Dam was kind of like a parody of himself. He's got his, you know, his, you know, big-titted wife and her girlfriend and, like, you know, <laughs> it's hilarious, that whole thing. But mm-hmm. for a moment, we got, like, the real Rob Van Dam back. And you it know? really was – it was the song. Like, honestly, like that, you know, cause he come out, he looked like he, you know, you know, he, he's, he'd like to be there or not. You couldn't, didn't care either way. How, how and, would you know? That's Rob Van Dam. <laughs> yeah. And he looked like he might've partaken in the green medicine right before going out to the ring, which well, I'm, I'm sure getting that. the feeling he did. He went out and, and uh, threw a spin kick and then uh, he goes into the back and he interviews with Renee Young and it looked like he was high as a goddamn kite. He looked like he was hanging out with Lucha Doncic and Godzilla at the same time. <laughs> yes, um, but that's Rob. Van, that's Rob Van Dam. Like that's yeah. we got the we got the real Rob. That's what I'm talking about. We got the real yeah. Rob Van Dam. And goddamn AEW production. This massery guy they hired from WWE was supposed to fix everything. Ain't nothing fixed. Jack Perry did his best heel thing ever. He grabbed a small child from the front row and used it as a shield, and they cut <laughs> away. During yeah. that, I mean, like, I'm sure Christian Cage well, is back there. If I'm Christian Cage and I see that, I'm reaming somebody out. Stop cutting mm-hmm. away. Let shit play out. God damn it. Yeah, you know what? That was probably one of the worst hires they've ever made because I feel like the production has just gotten significantly worse since he's been there. Like, the yeah. audio is shit all the time. Like, they have a lot of problems with that production and they just can't seem to figure it out. I don't know what's going on. Like, that's the thing is, Keith Mitchell was. Say what you want about Keith Mitchell, but Keith Mitchell was consistent. He made the same mistakes always <laughs> from world yeah. class through WCW, TNA, right into the 
the same mistakes always. You knew what Keith Mitchell was going to get. I was told this Mansory guy was going to do like, oh, my God, he's a genius. Everything's going to step up. I feel like it's worse. I feel like we miss more stuff than we used to. Well, it's because he's so busy hitting the goddamn jump cut button all the time because that's Kevin Dunn. Right. And maybe he was the one that gave Kevin Dunn the idea. I don't know. He's not as bad as Kevin. Because Kevin Dunn, it's like ADD. Like when you watch Kevin Dunn stuff, like I'm amazed you just don't have a seizure watching it sometimes. But it's still too much for my personal liking. Just like let it go. Yeah. Let it go. Let stuff play out. Yeah, you know, I uh, year, years ago when I was uh, trying to build up the Combat Republic, I was doing this thing where I was like trying to clip like wrestling matches on Twitter. Like I was, you know, screen recording on my phone and posting little clips. Well, I did, I did that where I clipped the uh, a match between Kevin Von Erich and Ric Flair, and I was like, this is the best produced wrestling match I've ever seen. It was only a couple of cameras. They didn't really do a jump cut and the camera followed the action like it was a real sport and they got into the ring and got up and close and you could see the sweat pouring off these guys. Like I just, and, and the match was awesome by the way, like Kevin Von Erich doesn't really get enough love. I don't think, but um, you, you know, I, I, and that, and of course that was, you know, uh, Keith Mitchell producing that. So I, I just thought that was tremendous. I think we need to get back to stuff like that. Too many cameras, too many cuts. I agree. Like, what world class did in the early 80s redefined how wrestling was shot right if you go back and you watch from the same year like take 1982 right before the expansion really starts watch an episode of world class watch an episode of mid-atlantic watch an episode of championship wrestling from wwf and just watch the difference in what world class does camera wise world class was shooting wrestling the way it was pretty much done in the early 2000s they were so far ahead of the game as far as how to shoot the sport of wrestling, right? And it's still, it ages great. Like some wrestling is really a hard watch. I think world-class ages fantastically. I really do. That ring is like a billiard table though, man. Those guys hit it and it looks like it hurts every time. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Hey, uh, so we only got a couple topics before we head out of here for one final time right here on Fight Game Media Network. Continue to support Fight Game Media um, and head over to patreon.com slash fight game media. Tons of new content coming to the Patreon exclusively, including we just found out earlier this week that my friend James McDaniel and Kevin Ely from The Boom going to be exclusive to Patreon going forward. So plop down your five bucks a month. Just one of many, many shows that's moving over to the Fight Game Media Patreon. So head over to patreon.com. So it's Fight Game Media for more. Uh, JD, before we head out, i got a couple topics left. Um, first topic I want to hit is Slammiversary. Um, they had their um, impact had their best pay-per-view buys. They estimated it around 17,000 ish. You know, we did some funny math. Dave Meltzer reported they had over 4,000 on television and said that it's probably triple on streaming. So that puts them at about, if you did, we did the math, it was like 17,000 because it was a little over 4,000 that they had on um that they had on uh, television. So they did their best pay-per-view buy number since Omega versus Swan and beat several, several of the old TNA numbers, specifically the ones that uh, Eric Bischoff led, the genius Eric Bischoff that had Hulk Hogan and all the biggest stars from WWF and WCW in TNA. Um, They were only doing like eight to 10,000 total pay-per-view buys. And here we go. We got impact, modern impact that doesn't really get a ton of visibility, blew those things out of the water with their Slammiversary show. Man, good for them. Um, I bailed on Impact earlier this year. Like I, I was not enjoying the television production. 
That being said, what they're doing right now is clearly resonating with their fan base, mm. right? And I think that Impact knows what it's what the hardcore Impact fans dig, and it's working. And it's making me actually want to reconsider starting to watch TV again because clearly there's something going on that people are really connecting with, right? So yeah. I'm interested actually in, in taking another look at it. And I'm really happy for them because like, I think they were, I think they're on to something, you know, Josh is back, you know, mm-hmm. we've got some interesting stuff going on. Like um, I thought that all this would stick around a bit longer. But I don't know what's going on with him. Isn't he hurt? Didn't he say we have back injury or something like he that? D- he does have a back injury, but there was a rumor of fightful. This is a Mike just saying everybody's going to WWE. I think that's just my impact brain. Like when people's contract are due, I just assume they're going to NXT, but, <laughs> but uh, all this, um, there was a rumor that he was getting to try it as a producer or something like that for WWE. Um, but yeah, he is done with impact for now. And uh, he pulled out of some days because of a back injury. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I'm curious to see where this goes. I'm happy for him, really. Like I really am. I think this is great. I think I think Eric Young is probably the most honorable person in professional wrestling. Even yeah. though he came back from the dead. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, I I I'll be honest, I'm not a big fan of Trinity's in-ring work. And I uh, and I, I thought the her match with Peraza was fine. I just I felt like maybe Peraza carried her a bit. But she really is resonating with that audience. They love this woman. Um, she's probably the most over person in the building every time she shows up. And I figured like maybe the first two tapings that she would be the most over and then it would just kind of balance back out. But no, they they really I really feel like they might have got something with Trinity there. She's got a following and people are following her. Last week's impact show was the highest most viewed impact in 18 months. They did 153,000. Um, and I know people are going to point to the 18 to 49 number being down, but access really, they access covets the 25, uh, the 25 to 54 number more. And, um, and they're, so they're fine. Like total viewership is probably more important to impact than, than the 18 to 49, but the, the, the 25 to 54 is probably the most important demo for that network because they're, they're a network that kind of thrives on classic rock, you know, like I, I was watching Impact. I actually watched Impact on Access last week. Um, I watched the replay and like the big uh, TV show for Friday night that they were promoting were reruns of the monkeys from, I think, the 70s. So the 60s, actually. the 60s. Yes. So with uh, with what Mickey Dolan. So, yeah, they that's what they were promoting for their Friday night time slot. They're not exactly going after young people on this network. So I think Impact is doing great. My mom is a huge Monkeys fan. I remember when I was a little kid, I'm a few years older than you, the Nickelodeon used to run the Monkeys reruns during the day. So yeah. I, in fact, saw every episode of the Monkeys growing up. <laughs> um, uh, here's the thing, too. The, let's talk demos real quick. Why is the 1849 demo coveted? Because it is thought that these are the people that spend the most money on products, right? right. So advertisers want those eyes. Okay, so they are willing to pay more to get those eyes. Fox News, for example, has tremendous viewership numbers, but their their demos they attract are older. And it is thought by Madison Avenue, by the advertising industry, that people in their 50s and 60s are not willing to try new brands. Doesn't matter for Fox News, right? 
No. This the this is the uh, that is their core demographic. That is who they appeal to. So they're not going to win a lot of eighteen to forty nine stuff, but they get a lot of people watching their stuff, and you know they get their conspiracy things and whatever. Access <clears throat> doesn't have a lot of advertisers on the network. Period. There's not a lot of companies that pay money. The vast majority of Access commercials are for stuff on Access. Yeah. So the total the total viewership has more value to access than the 18 to 49 because they ain't getting those dollars no matter what they put on their network. Well, and you know, and I'll be honest. So I, I talked to a, I talked to a friend of mine who works at reels, who he, who shall be written, you know, remain nameless. Um, and he said that reels and a lot of networks are going um, this way. Reels also covers the 25 to 54 because they're getting good ad revenue from that demographic because the television landscape is changing. Younger mm -hmm. people don't really watch television anymore. They, they stream all their stuff or they watch YouTube or they watch, you know, whatever. Um, and so uh, brands like reels and brands like access are, are coveting that 25 to 54. And you know what, in the press release from, uh, from AEW about blood and guts and their demos and stuff, 25 to 54 was right there as a coveted demo and they were bragging about it. That's huge. Dave is reporting the 25 to 54 number now because things are changing. 25 to 54 has always been the demo in Canada, yeah. right? So that it's is been another a news demo. It's been a news it, demo. It has been a news demo. It's always been a demo because yeah. you would see 18 to 49 and then the break, then there's further breakdowns, 18 to 34, 25 to 54. Like there's a ton of breakdowns for this stuff, the how they do it, because it's all yeah. like, who do you, if you're, if you're a company, if you have a car, who do you want, who do you want buying your car? Right. That's what you're going to look for. You're going to look for the people you want. Like if you're a Mercedes, you're going to want to advertise on an upscale show, right? You want to yeah. advertise to people who can buy your stuff. If you're Eminem Mars, you want to buy stuff on Nickelodeon, right? You right. want to buy, because you want kids, who's going to buy candy? Ten-year-olds. So who, right. what, if what are the ten-year-olds watching? Right, and if you're slinging dick pills, you want to advertise on shows that have classic rock music and, Correct. Um, and guys like Bubba Ray Dudley wrestling. So Correct. So <laughs> what, 100%, maybe we, should, we probably shouldn't make fun of dick pill stuff. Just, <laughs> that could bite us in the ass someday. Um, so... Uh, I think that what Impact is doing is working for its audience and for Access's audience. We cannot hold Impact to the same demographics that we hold, you know, Raw and Dynamite to because it's different. Yeah. Right? So it's just yep. the television landscape is changing. And the idea that if you think if you think advertisers are not going to be involved in these streaming things, you are sadly mistaken. You are sadly mistaken. They are going to make – here's prediction. Prediction. Streaming services are going to become ridiculously expensive unless you have the ad-supported tier. Yeah. Yeah. So That's I have – I I pay for Peacock without ads. It just went up from $9.99 to $11.99. And the same thing for Paramount Plus. Both, it went from $9.99 to $11.99. I still get no ads, but I also now get Showtime. So I've watched a lot of Showtime stuff now. So, but uh, the ad supported is like less than half the price of that. So, um, I, I think I think that's and you know what, and that's smart. It really is. Yeah. It really is smart. So, yeah, uh, it's that's gonna. What, that's that, why you have different tiers. That's what's gonna happen, man. Because the advertisers, they still want to sell their product, and the best way they can sell their product is to put their stuff in front of your eyes. And if you're like me, you see it, and you put on a YouTube show. I just want to watch a Spider-Man documentary, and I got people trying to sell me things. Ah, skip, 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 skip. But I know what 80s teas are. I know what Blue Chew is because this stuff is put in front of me. 
right? So it's gonna, yeah. this is a part of life. It's been a part of television since 1947 and ain't changing. Like, mm-hmm. It ain't changing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, lastly, we wanted to talk about uh, Gable Stevenson. He wrestled for his first match at NXT at the Great American Bash this past Sunday. He wrestled my arch nemesis, Baron Corbin. <laughs> if you don't remember the story, just go back in the Mike and JD show archives and Classic. you'll hear the story. Classic Mike uh, Gilbert story. Um, but yeah, he, he wrestled um, Baron Corbin. And, you know, I objectively... A lot of folks weren't really all that impressed, said he doesn't really have a lot of natural charisma, and uh, he looked awkward in the ring. I just want to remind everybody, this was his first wrestling match, so I'd hate to judge, like, say the guy just doesn't have it, because that was his first wrestling match. A lot of people suck in the beginning. Not everybody's Kurt Angle. Not everybody's, well, Ronda Rousey actually ended up getting worse. Like, she was awesome Somehow. in this match. And then, yeah. and then over time, just got worse. But not every, like not everybody's Logan Paul. Not You know, not everybody's, like, their first match is awesome. So I want to, you know, cut the guy some slack. And then, you know, he had these allegations years ago. And the, the whole thing was dropped, but people still wanted to bring it up. And I don't know what's true and what's false and not what whatever. I, I didn't investigate the thing. I'm just judging the guy based off of what I saw on television. And you know what? If for It's his very first match. I don't want to judge him too harshly for that. I got a lot of thoughts on this. Um, the amateur wrestling guy. When I was at Fargo a couple weeks ago, one of the big talking points was what is Gable going to do? Because for the last three months, Gable Stevenson has been teasing transferring to the University of Iowa. Because of COVID, everyone who was in college at that time gets an extra year. It's messed things up. We have like six-time All-Americans. We have like multiple five-time All-Americans. Like it's never, this is like uncharted. It'll never happen again once this COVID once this COVID group gets through. So Gable has another semester of eligibility left. And because he has graduated from the University of Minnesota, he can go wherever he wants with the new transfer rules. And he has been flirting on his Twitter going to Iowa. And I know people, I know I heard Dave saying, well, he's been in Orlando training for wrestling. That is not true. I know that for a fact that it's not 100% true that he's been in Orlando the whole time. I know it because he was in the Iowa wrestling room training. I know it because Iowa's heavyweight is my kid. Like Tony Cassiope, I coached him in high school. That's Iowa's starting heavyweight. Tony told me, yeah, Gable's here training. Like, that's, no, I'm not saying he's <laughs> It's not like a big that. secret, right? No, he's, he's putting pictures of it on his Twitter page. So he's doing, yeah. Gable's doing a lot of stuff right now. He has openly talked about wrestling and worlds come uh, next month, right? And then they said, oh, he's NXT. He's not going to do all this stuff. And I'm like, that is the exact opposite of what I heard. Because what I'll tell you what I heard, I heard he's getting them. Yeah, I heard he got a $1 million offer from the University of Iowa as an NIL deal. Can I confirm that? No. Am I going to report that, you know, um, unsubstantiated? Yes, I am. <laughs> it is a rumor that I heard. This is the yeah. rumor that I heard. And he and the rumors are being fanned by Gable Stevenson. So based on the fact that he had a countout, double countout, right? That was the result with the Baron Corbin match. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the fact that he was not mentioned this week on NXT television leads me to believe that hmm, maybe Gable is coming back. Like I said, coming so, back to amateur wrestling, to amateur wrestling, at least for this past, yeah. for this next year, I'm going to, until I'm proven otherwise, I think that's going to happen. Yep. Um, I, can I play the greatest moment in, um, my oh, industry? Yeah, go ahead. Everything I hate about professional wrestling, everything I hate about wrestling is summed up into this one. And it doesn't matter if it's, it's, if it's men or women, you know, dogs, it does not matter. This is everything wrong with modern professional wrestling summed up right here.
I was fat in the pandemic. I'm just looking <laughs> at my face with that big, thick beard and the long hair. Jeez, I've lost some yeah. knees, man. That makes me yeah, happy to were, see that. Yeah, yeah, you look great, man. You got a nice haircut now and the whole deal. You were uh, super long-haired back then. Uh, you I was committed. to get to the barber. <laughs> I was committed. Was, that was the pandemic days. And I'd yeah. never grown my hair out. And I was committed to having long hair and so I could be sting for Halloween. Like, like <laughs> 1997. And I did it. And I cut yeah. my hair the next day. Wow, what a terrible book that was. Um, <laughs> what was that about? Who was I pissed off at? Remember Rachel Ellering's oh, crying yeah. promo in the ring. So Rachel Ellering and Jordan Grace were the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Champions. They had she had just barely joined the company. Like they 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 became a team. They won the titles in like their second match, and then they lost the titles in like their second title defense. And she started crying like her and Jordan Grace had been a tag team for years, and this was like the worst moment of her life. And she started equating it to the time she got fired by WWE. Um, and this lady hasn't had a job uh, pretty much shortly after this. <laughs> she got fired know. shortly after this. Yeah, I don't think it was it was because of this terrible performance, and it was a bad, bad performance. It was because Impact didn't wish her happy birthday, and she, she called them out on it, and so they shit canned her, which is hilarious. It was, I mean, like, I there's I listened to that back, and I'm like, there's things I hate way more in pro wrestling than that. I must have been <laughs> in a mood that day. That was terrible, but it wasn't that bad. Then again, then again, that was early in the show run, and I had not been fully in, endowed into the. Uh, the undead realm as of yet so you know my yeah. takes would I re- <laughs> my takes would change um you know what the worst part about that is that got us blocked by chris hero we're still blocked by chris hero because of that <laughs> yeah yeah i feel well, we bad about that i know because i really like chris hero he's an, agent, an agent he's an agent for aw i'm pretty sure he got ellering a tryout because she was on a dark uh yeah. dark match or i think she on a ring of honor dark match or something like that um it, she doesn't appear to have been hired but um you know, hey, if you get a gig, you you definitely got to hook your old lady up for sure. To be fair, to be fair to Rachel Ellering, because I was clearly not very fair to her in that little thing. Um, it's been like two years, and she hasn't gotten a sniff anywhere since then. Right? Uh, that just tells me that Impact was onto something. Yeah, I you kind know of I mean, there's got to be a there's probably a behavioral issue there, right? <laughs> trying to be a like nice, if, trying to be if, a nice guy here, but yeah. If Impact fires you, and then you don't get picked up anywhere, like. That's a problem, I think. Man, I Triple, think H just... was, Triple H was putting the band back together this time last year. He was bringing back people that we were like, really? They're coming back? That guy's back? Never uh, never kicked the tires on H- Rachel Ellering. No, you know, and she's a good worker. I, I enjoyed her matches. Yeah, I enjoyed her matches and, and Impact. The gimmick was kind of like Kylie Ray a little bit, you know, but I, I thought the gimmick was great, and I thought her matches were great, and I really liked the tag team with her and Jordan Gray, so I was sad to see them break up. But Great is a... Great as a bold statement. They were fine. Um, yeah, yeah. They, they just, were they were like the miracle violence connection. Oh my god! <laughs> now I have heard it all. Did you seriously just compare Grayson Ellering to the miracle violence connection? Well, who, who did I compare? Oh gosh, I was comparing another uh, to the. Um, it was the death dolls to the free birds last week. So oh yeah, to... that's what that was. Yeah. I, I I almost lost it on the show when you. I forgot that you yeah, did that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I feel like it's like a free birds no. team. Out. Whoa. Wait Whoa. a minute, free birds. Whoa. Whoa. Are you really if, bringing up the free birds? You should have compared them to late late stage demolition. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Here, before we sign off for one final time, I just want to hit a couple of buttons, just because we have these buttons. Oh, yeah. Um, I I just remember this one. 
you want Lucha Libras, whatever you call them, go to, J go to Japan. <laughs> yeah, and then here, here's, here's another one of my favorites that I used from the early days. Shut the fuck up, bitch. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Yeah, I just I was looking at these different little clips I got here. There's one that uh, a little offensive. I can't I can't hit that one. Uh, and then a couple of them are too long, so I don't want to hit those. But I wanted to hit those two that are super super quick. Man, um, this has been fun. Uh, it's been fun. Uh, again, Garrett Gonzalez, thank you for everything. Thank you for taking us in and allowing us to be on your network. Um, I, I'll never forget you, and we're, we're going to remain friends. This we is not goodbye. Yeah, we're we're all gonna remain friends. This is a very amicable situation. Um, uh, I just want to thank the whole staff and crew and the other podcasts on the network for building us up and always promoting us and sharing mm -hmm. our stuff out there. And you know, uh, thank you to you know Paul Fontaine, who's been a guest on the show several times. John LaRocca has been a guest host on the show uh, a couple of times when uh, when JD was out. Um, Salty Scott, Scott Edwards one of the hardest working guys in all of podcasting, Scott Edwards, Scott E wrestling. Uh, thank you buddy for all your support and, and coming on the show several times. Um, I, I want to thank, I got it in my heart to thank Ross Foreman from impact yeah. wrestling who, who really, um, you gave me press credentials for impact and me allowed too. me to go into the impact. Yeah. In, impact press podcast. JD got into some events using those credentials. Um, we had the opportunity to interview Moose. Um, I interviewed Steve Macklin. I had the chance to talk to Chris Saban, Josh Alexander, Gail Kim, um, talk to a lot of people on the Impact staff. Thank you to all the Impact Fan Nation people that really kind of boosted us and shared our stuff and uh, and really got us going. Without their support, I don't think Garrett would have ever taken a chance on uh, on giving us a podcast. So, again, I'm just so thankful for my time here. This is really sad, um, but I, I'm really excited for the future. Man, I want to thank Moose for lying to us. In the one interview we had, when Sean Rossap had released it, he had re-signed. He immediately told us that we were, in fact, lying when we're looking at the press release saying, okay. So, yeah, that's my favorite. That's actually probably my favorite moment on the show is Moose Dude, just straight then, up lying to us. And then immediately I DM'd Sap. Right. And Seth typically only pays attention to you when you're being a jerk to him. But I immediately was like, hey, dude, I just interviewed Moose and he refutes everything you just said here. And then Seth just emailed me and he goes, what? With a question mark. And then sent me a link to the podcast where Moose said the exact opposite of what he told us. Yeah. So that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And people wonder why there's a contentious relationship between wrestlers and wrestling media. It's because wrestlers are liars. Liars. Folks. <laughs> oh god all right man well we 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 did it um again just thank you thank you thank you and be on the lookout for what's happening next with the, the mike and jd show and until next time mahalo <laughs>